0: Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners from around the world to exploring Israel through the ties that bind us through culture, identity, current events, and many other topics that come up that we are surprised by. Today is day 129 of the war in Israel. And we learned last night of two hostages that were rescued by the IDF um, who had been held captive for 128 days. Um Liz, how are you? I forgot to I well, forgot to say I'm joined by my co-host Liz Felstern. Where are you, Liz?
1: That's a whole nother topic. Okay. I am speaking to you today from Kishinev, Moldova.
0: Well, you but are I,
1: but first I just well, I I, I don't want to not respond about uh, the two hostages being rescued. Um, because it's the best kind of news that we can possibly have. And for, for Israel, it's, I mean, it means everything, right? Seeing the the people that we've been waiting for come home, it gives a lot of hope for all of those that are still in captivity. And, um, and just so genuinely happy for those families to to have their their person home.
0: I I agree with you. I'm going to just uh, share who they are, uh, which I think is important to remind people that there are still 132 hostages still being held in Israel. Um, but today. We learned of two that were rescued: uh, Fernando Simon Marman, who is sixty, and Louis Har, who is seventy. They are both ab- abducted from Kibbutz near Yitzhak on October the seventh. Uh, we know a little bit about the other people that were held hostage with them, or taken at the same time, when um, the young woman who was uh, released back in November, who was released with her dog. So they're part of that same connection. Um, I think, yeah, I can't remember exactly her name, but it was a very dramatic release when the family came out. In, but these were two men that were kidnapped about the same time and were not released then, but were now rescued.
1: Yeah, and uh, it sounds like in, you know, relatively stable health, so that's a, a wonderful miracle as well.
0: I think we could talk quite a bit about the hostage situation in Israel because we are you know, at 129 days of this war. And this was the first sign of, of hope, really, that uh, the effort to find and to rescue the hostages has taken place. So it's a very positive thing for people in Israel and around the world who are following this. But really there's still 132 hostages uh, still in captivity there's a number going back and forth that somewhere between 20 and 30 are presumed uh, dead but we don't know that that's just a number Um, so we all hope and pray that they are all rescued or released sometime soon it has generated quite a bit of tension politically between the the effort for Israel to rescue the hostages as well as the ongoing challenges of the war. Um, any thoughts on that?
1: Look, it's very hard to predict what is going to happen as the war continues. And, um, I think that, you know, Israel is trying to make the best decisions that it can and navigate an impossible situation with a lot of pressure from outside forces on what Israel could and should be doing. Um, and I think Israel has to make its own decisions because at the end of the day, say whatever else we might about our elected leaders and and, and politicians and, and military leadership, they're the ones that are going to have to look in the eyes of their fellow citizens and say that they did everything that they could both to ensure that Hamas is n- no longer able to be a threat and that they did everything that they could to bring home all of the hostages. And so... I kind of feel like that is enough, right? Knowing that that is what hangs in the balance will will help them to make the best decisions that they can. Um, it's fine that there are other countries and other politicians that have opinions and they can share those opinions, but Israel has to make its own decisions.
0: Uh Well, well said. I, I want to just jump in a little bit and just say that I learned of the hostages, the rescue of the hostages, while I was watching the Super Bowl. The, Amer- the Super Bowl is, for those who aren't from America and, and don't know what the Super Bowl is, it's the championship for football, not soccer, but a football, and two teams, from one team from San Francisco and one team from Kansas City, were in the uh, Super Bowl and was held in Las Vegas, and it's a it's always a an interesting event. Uh, many people have parties to watch the Super Bowl. Um, I tend to watch the Super Bowl for the the commercials.
1: I think you are not alone in yet in that right. Many um, many people watch for the commercials slash the halftime show. Probably correct. just as many people watch for those elements as those who watch for the sport itself.
0: Right. So I, I just want to point out that. There were two commercials that I saw that struck a, um, a chord with me uh, they they were two uh, uh, two commercials targeted to combat hate and prejudice uh, and specifically hate against Jews and combating anti-Semitism. I think it's interesting that here are two commercials that are on the Super Bowl where usually products are being released. Or announced on Super Bowl, whether it's a new car or a new soda drink or a new potato chip um, or a new movie. I mean, most of the commercials last night were about movies and TV shows, some food items and some beverages, but two commercials really hit home in terms of combating anti-Semitism. Uh, I wonder if anybody in your sphere of People noticed that, or watched, or responded to that.
1: So, I I certainly don't think it's something that is on the consciousness or the thought of Israelis. I am um, Israelis know there's such a thing as a Super Bowl. Maybe they know there's even a phenomenon of the commercials, you know, being highly watched. But I don't think anybody. Was paying attention to the level to think about what does it mean that two of the commercials were connected to reducing anti-Semitism. I, however, think that that is really interesting, and there are so many questions that I have about it. Uh, And they really are just questions, right? I don't have any answers, but to think that this highly coveted and very expensive airtime right and it's that case because it's watched and viewed by so so many millions of people i am um, i mean the the idea that it could be used for social good right not just for potato chips and movies is is a wonderful thing in my mind the fact that the particular good that it was used for in this year was about anti Semitism and the, the problem of anti Jewish hatred raises a lot of questions, right? How did we get to a situation where it's such an endemic issue that somebody would think that it rises to the level of having a Super Bowl commercial? What does it mean that even though the Jewish community is such a small minority, there's enough interest and, and financial backing to run such an ad? I am um, and also what does the what does the american viewership think of this right there are many places in the united states where nobody knows any jews i am um, and what their impressions are of seeing a commercial in the super bowl about this big problem of anti jewish hatred i don't know how it's perceived i think you know i'd love to hear what what others are thinking and and how the commercials were were received
0: well i i agree with you on all that i think we know that there's a rise of anti-semitism and also you know um just general elevated hatred against minorities currently uh, but israel is at the forefront because of the conflict with hamas or the war with hamas we we know that the super bowl is a time to have as many viewers as possible watching something. So I believe that that's the motivation, is to educate people based on the numbers of potential viewers out there. And maybe that little 30-second spot will make a difference in how they view Jews and other minorities.
1: Uh, 100%. Certainly the motivation behind it is that this is an opportunity to capture a ginormous yes, that's the technical number, (laughs) Uh, listening audience, right? 100%, that's the motivation. But to have such a small minority um, take the decision and have the power to take the decision to run a Super Bowl ad is significant. I mean, they're, right, they're, it is not something that happens regularly.
0: I agree. I agree with you. I, I just. I also want to say that what's different uh, with this Super Bowl versus, I think, other ones, there were different commercials being aired depending on how you were watching it. If you're watching it on a network channel or you're watching it on a streaming device. So there are other commercials that potentially aired to other audiences. Uh, one that dealt with uh, bringing the hostages home, which I found also to be very interesting, although that one did not appear on the device or the streaming platform that I was watching it on. So that might have been targeted to other communities. So the whole idea of advertising and educating people, that's part of what the Super Bowl is about. Uh, usually it's educating people about Products, new products coming out. There's always this drama around the commercial. Uh, And so I give credit to the Foundation for Combating Anti Semitism for taking a risk in uh, having a commercial uh, focusing not just on anti Semitism, but but hate in general.
1: Yeah. Look, it makes sense, right? That there are other very meaningful and valid reasons to use that that airtime and that you know viewership for for causes other than advertising products yeah
0: so to your earlier point uh, on the times of israel page there's a review of some of some of the commercials and one of the lines it says it has also drawn questions about whether tv ads are the best use of resources Aimed at keeping Jews safe, so I think that ties in directly to what your comment was.,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, look, I don't i I have no idea, right? Will there be some study done to understand what people's reactions were? Was it a good use of funds? Could those funds have been used in some other way to help Jews and combat? anti-Jewish sentiments. I, I have no idea. I mean, I have to assume that before the foundation um, invested such a significant amount of money, they they thought through, right, whether this was a worthwhile endeavor. So I, I assume that they had reason to believe that this would be an effective vehicle.
0: We'll have to see how how it really plays out. I don't disagree with you i just find it interesting that here i am in california watching the super bowl and noticing that several commercials are dealing with uh, hatred jewish hatred and hatred of others and there were some other commercial about jesus uh, some very interesting uh, commercials around the theme of jesus uh, it, it mixed in with you know potato chips and beer and cars, and <laughs> you know people being goofy. So the platform of the Super Bowl really is an avenue to tell stories in thirty second increments,
1: yeah. it's a a category, I guess, in in into itself, right? the the genre of Super Bowl commercial.
0: Uh, so you mentioned that you're in Kishinev. Can I ask you what you're doing in Kishnev?
1: Yes, I am in Kishnev, uh, connected to my work for the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, kind of uh, doing a seminar with my colleagues, as well as visiting the Jewish community here. And it is a lovely, warm, welcoming Jewish community. I highly recommend Moldova as a, a vacation spot. It is, I believe, the least visited country in Europe. Um, but that is not because there's not what to offer. There is a very nice things to see here and eat here and people to meet and cultural traditions to observe. So i'm enjoying
0: didn't the country of moldova play a critical role in helping uh, refugees flee ukraine during the war
1: most certainly yes i am so moldova for people that might not realize uh, shares a border with ukraine and i am Many, many Ukrainians left Ukraine and came through Moldova. Most of them did not stay um, because Moldova is a a relatively poor country and did not have the ability to offer um, things for refugees that other European countries could offer them. However, as a transit point, right for a temporary stay, Moldova hosted an enormous number of Ukrainians. In fact, if we look, and that's true for the general community. If we look specifically at the Jewish community, more Jewish Ukrainians came through and were helped by the Moldovan Jewish community than there are Jews in Moldova. Right? They they hosted more people in the first four-ish months of the poplite um, than then the size of the entire Moldovan Jewish community. So they were trim- incredibly active, ba- volunteers and professionals. Uh, I've heard people say that every member of the Jewish community opened their home and hosted someone at some point in those early months. Um, again, the vast majority of people have either moved on to other locations, whether that's making aliyah to Israel or going to other parts of Europe, or returning back to Ukraine. Um, and very few have stayed. But the the help that was provided in those early months, yes, really, really significant.
0: So I think it's remarkable that a border country absorbed or provided. Refuge for the Jewish community, not just Jews, the Jews of Ukraine, but also other people from Ukraine who were fleeing. How, how did a country mm-hmm. manage to to do all that?
1: I am um, well. As I said, Moldova is a relatively poor country, so um, it was certainly with a lot of outside financial support. Um, but the country itself—I mean, people just realize the needs of the hour and did it. Refugee centers were opened and, um, you know, soup kitchens and ways to get people transport. Um, uh, Yeah, it was really, really significant.
0: Has Moldova been impacted physically by the war with Ukraine?
1: I am um, well Work. less physically than and than financially, right so I am um, M- Moldova has seen quite high inflation um, since the start of the crisis, many supplies were coming from Russia prior to the the conflict and are no longer coming I am um, in terms of physical. Um, There is a a section of Moldova, which is an unrecognized separatist um, region called Transnistria. Um, And that is an area which is controlled by Russian or pro-Russian separatists. Um, But that existed before this conflict. So there, you know, physically, there is that area that always raises questions of, you know, what could happen or what would happen if. uh, But Moldova was not attacked in any way since, you know, two years ago. During those two years, I mean, at all.
0: But the the financial impact has been significant.
1: Yes. Yeah. In a place that was already struggling.
0: I know that uh you've had a long couple of days. Any particular highlights that you can share about you, you know visiting Kishinev or other parts of M- Moldova that, as a tourist, you would like to highlight
1: so there is still more to see, so I will be happy to report back at a later date. But for now, I can say I am um, uh, really the city. Has beautiful parks. It is, in fact, a city. You look out, and it's you know, uh, urban and populated, and there are restaurants and shops and and people out. Um, and I look forward to seeing more of what Kishinev has to offer in the next couple of days.
0: Well, I hope when we speak and uh, next week that uh, we can report that there are more hostages being rescued or released um, Amen. and uh, th- then you know we'll dive hopefully more into uh, cultural experiences that we haven't talked about for a while purim is coming up um, other things that you and i usually enjoy talking about food uh, and a few other things
1: Yes, Purim is coming up, but I'll just remind everyone that Purim is a little later than sometimes this year because we have a an extra month in the Hebrew calendar this year as sometimes happens. So this is one of those years. So Purim Ooh. will be a little bit later.
0: So we're in Adar 1 right now and Purim will be in Adar 2.
1: That is correct.
0: Okay. Another interesting fact about the the lunar calendar of the jewish people
1: yep right we don't just add a february 29th we add a whole month
0: which and this year uh, i guess we
1: get both in the same year that doesn't yes, always happen so
0: we will have february we'll have an extra day this year uh equal to an extra month in the jewish calendar liz any other final thoughts you want to share today
1: I um Gosh, I mean, I, uh, I, I hope to make sense of how these many different things fit together, right? I, I'd love to give everyone the, the meaning of Super Bowl plus hostages being freed plus Jewish communities in small parts of the world. Um but I will uh, have I'm to gonna, continue I'm thinking gonna, on it to bring that magic.
0: I'm going to I'm gonna leap so in. To tie it together, yeah. I'm going to leap into your comment because I think part of the joy of what we do when we talk to each other is we grab different things from the universe and kind of condense it into how it impacts uh, our lives as it relates to Israel. So I, I think that you described that really well. We'll have to figure out how it all connects.
1: Yes, or it just connects by being part of this week's episode of Israel Rebound.
0: And that's a great way for us to close. So thank you all. You have been listening to Israel Rebound. And Liz, uh, travel safely.
1: Thanks, Alan. Thanks, everyone.